Welcome everybody, welcome to today's webcast. Thank you once again for joining us. Maybe um, if you'd like to put a note in the comments where you are from, um, it's always fun to see which countries people are joining us from and who of our friends are, are with us. Good to have Mike and Sue with us from Bridge North. Sue is out of hospital and enjoying her new hip. Well, that's wonderful. She's been looking forward to having that for a long time. So quick and speedy and good recovery, Sue. Many blessings to you. Um, today, um, Barry is doing, well, this week, Barry is doing three days of teaching with the interns in his home church. Uh, so he's not with us today. Um, it's actually his birthday today. So maybe when we finish the webcast, you might want to pop a post on Facebook to say happy birthday to Barry. But today it's an absolute delight um, to have a special guest, uh, Camille Sultani Isley, with me. I'm going to bring her in now and introduce her. Here she is. Um, uh, I met Camille a few years ago, a couple of times at a school of ministry um, in Manchester, where I was teaching. And um, one time I think you were a student there and another time you were kind of working alongside them there. Um, and I got to know Camille and just just touch her beautiful heart and hear a bit of her story. And um, it's an absolute delight having you with us this evening or today. I shouldn't say this evening because it's the afternoon for you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So where, where are you living now? Because I met you in Manchester, but that's not your home. So where's home? Yeah, although Manchester feels like a home to me. So I was there almost five years. Um, but my home is Somerville, South Carolina. I was born here, traveled, and then moved back here in 2019. Okay. So we're looking forward to hearing a little bit of your story and your journey in a few minutes. We're also going to hear about some of your paintings um, and your poems. You can see some of the paintings on the wall behind Camille. Um, but so you moved back to um, the States a few years ago. Um, but something else happened in your life a few years ago. You got married. Yes, yeah, 2016, we got married. Yeah. Uh, my husband's British and we lived for two years in England. And then um, once my spouse visa needed renewal, um, we decided we would hop across the ocean and spend a few years over here. <laughs> okay, so how's that Brit doing uh, in America? Has he got used to it yet? I think so, yeah, he really loves it over here. Um, and yeah, I know he, he and me, we both miss our friends and family over there very much. Um, and then I know culturally as well, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff he misses because I think like I didn't realize there was a lot of stuff I missed about just being an American um, yeah. over overseas and I want to get back to America, like find it come out in me, you know, get connect yeah. to my roots. But, um, yeah. yeah, so he's, he's doing really well and he's really enjoying it. Good. Good. And does he does he miss fish and chips and mushy peas and that sort of thing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he does. We have a local fish and chips shop here that was actually opened by um, two English guys. So they came over and it's called the Codfathers and they've opened a fish and chip <laughs> shop to taste just like what you get in England. But I haven't had it yet. He has gone a few times. Um, okay. I haven't asked him, but I'm sure it doesn't taste exactly like England. I don't think oh. nobody... 
It's a great really? name. The, the Codfathers is a great name for a fish and chip shop. It is, yeah. <laughs> so what does life look like for you now? You're, you're married, you've got a, a young son. What, what does your yeah. life look like sort of job-wise, work-wise, family-wise, church-wise, whatever-wise? <laughs> yeah. So in 2022, I had my, we had our first son. Um, and our only child at the moment other than our dog <laughs> but he um yeah so he's a year and a half now running around and i spend most of my days as a stay-at-home mom um, on tuesdays and thursdays he works or i work and he goes to stay with his grandmas and they um they watch him but um I, on tuesdays i work from home and thursdays i work in a downtown art center at a local artist cooperative called the Carnes crossroads artist cooperative and wow. it's located right in downtown somerville which i really love because like it just like really connects me to the other artists that are mm -hmm. local to the area yeah and yeah i've just met some incredible people there i often see some of your um pictures your photos of you know, you working in your studio down there and some of the other things that are, are going on. It looks an incredible place. Yeah, yeah, it is. And um, in church lights, I go to New Day. Um, I've gone to New Day for several, like before England, you know, I went there when it was like a small, small group of like 30 people. And now it's like grown so much. But um, yeah, I, I still love my church very much. But um I'm involved with a mom group there too, which has been really fun because oh, Jonah has a lot of little friends his age. Yeah. Um, a few years ago, 2016, actually, I was over at your church um, doing a father heart school. I, I remember I was in England. I was like, you, you have work, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, Scott and Stephanie, very good friends. Um, I've got to know them well in that time. Yeah. So um, Camille, your artist business or your artist work is called Sarah Camille. Mm -hmm. Sarah Camille Art. Sarah Camille Art. You can see it on Facebook, folks. You, she's got a website. I would just encourage you to go and have a look at that um, yeah, and see some of the things she's, she's been doing and involved with. But um, obviously we're, we're calling you Camille today um that's your name but your artist work is sarah camille there's a story behind that isn't there there is yes do you want to do you want to tell us uh, this is this is this is kind of getting into the meat of the story folks so um <laughs> do you want to tell us a little bit well tell us as much as you want to about that story yeah. and that journey and yeah just take us through it as, as you want to sure i'd love to I love to tell this story like in the form of a story. So, um, and it's, it's on my website too, the whole, the story, and this is kind of how it's written. But um, I, I like to say, you know, Sarah was a girl, a young girl who grew up playing in the woods. She loved outdoors, finding bugs, um, reading fairy tales, and just being a daughter. And, um, you know, that carrying that innocence of a child. And then when Sarah became around, um, I think it was around nine years old, a great tragedy occurred in her life. Um, you know, she kind of lost her father and she, um, you know, just a lot of different things happened in life. And it was over a span of a good, like, probably 10 years. Um, no, not 10 years, sorry, probably about like six or seven years that it just like 
a lot of stuff happened and I won't get into it just because of like protecting the privacy of my siblings as well. But um, I became just extremely shaken um, and had to grow up really fast. But also um, I started to kind of run away from everything that the word Sarah identified me as, which to me was a daughter. And I decided I wanted to be called my middle name, which is Camille. This was at nine years old. I was like, you know, this, all this stuff had happened. And I just was like, I don't want to be Sarah anymore. I'm going to go by Camille. And I remember my family was like, okay, like they didn't really believe it, but I went to school, told everyone, my teachers, everybody to call me Camille. And then, or actually did said Cami back then. And uh, for short, and um, then after a while, my family, you know, started calling me Camille or Cami, and, um, and then I've kept that name ever since. Mm-hmm. But as, you know, as Camille, I d- did a lot of traveling, um, you know, went, uh, and although I went to a lot of things um, in like Christian, you know, like for good causes, you know, I, I went to India to live for a little while doing some mission work. And then I went to England to live, um, to do a ministry school. I, um, I think like God can use things like when you, I think I was kind of like running away at the same time, um, Mm -hmm. from being home and having to deal with things, um, to deal with my past specifically. So in that story of Sarah, um, I like to say, you know, she was running and eventually she just got tired of running. And when she slowed down, love caught up with her Mm -hmm. because looking back on my life, that's exactly what happened like in all my travels and things that i was constantly doing and serving and trying you know to do i didn't find who i really was until i just took the time to be still connect with god you know learn how to hear his voice learn how to receive from him and really find my true identity Mm -hmm. um and at times like i hear him call me sarah and um, Sarah, the actual name Sarah means princess, yeah. uh, which a lot of us know. And so um, to me, he really brought that name back to me and redeemed the name Sarah. Um, now, at the same time that I was running, I went through a lot as well with a very quick and short marriage um, where I still had the last name of my first husband in my 20s, early 20s. I was 21. Um so I started to sign my art, Sarah Camille, and not include the last name because I didn't want to identify with that last name because I, I had a lot of shame around being a young divorced woman, um, especially in ministry. So um, all that to say, that's kind of where the name Sarah Camille art came from with the signature of my art being Sarah Camille and the story of I always want to include my first name because it's a part of who I am and coming back to finding myself as a daughter of God, mm-hmm. um, meaning that whole story of um, kind of the daughter being shaken and um, interrupted at such a young age. <laughs> so obviously, as, as the young Sarah, you, you, you knew you belonged, you knew you were a daughter, and yes. then you started running. Were you running from being a daughter? I think so, because I didn't want to, like, associate myself with being a daughter. I wanted to be grown up. I went through, I don't know, a lot of different phases, I think. And I think a lot of people do that in high school, trying to find themselves and stuff. But 
I feel like, you know, I like cut my hair. I just all this like different stuff of trying to really find who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like a wild stage for sure. <laughs> surely um, not. Surely and, not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. And it, I just, uh, I don't know. I just, I remember the word daddy really saying it and hearing it really hurt my heart. And if I went to a friend's, even like going to a friend's wedding and seeing the father daughter dance, I used to cry mm. because like, and I couldn't identify back then why I was crying or had to leave the room. And now I know it's because I had just such a, father wound in there um of you know when my father like left my life so it was um yeah so god's done a lot of redemption in me with the father and i think that's why i see him so closely as a father i you know i see him as a mother too but especially the father he's been like really taken on that role as a father in my life oh wonderful so you said you were you were running, you were involved in ministry, you were busy, you were doing all sorts of stuff. On the mm-hmm. face of it, it all looks good. Um, mm-hmm. And probably was good. I'm sure it was good. But in your heart, you were running. And yes. then you, you said love caught up with you. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us how love caught up with you? Yeah. So um, I don't know if it was like it's it was like a profound moment, but several profound moments throughout, um, you know, just my time. Like, I think what really was the turning point was New Day. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was coming out of a divorce. And I in this divorce, I was being told women can't speak in church, women um, have to dress a certain way. um, You know, and that um, basically the role of submission was pushed on me very much to where that word left a very negative taste in my mouth. Um, and during that time, I kind of locked myself in my apartment that I had gotten and just like clung to God with my Bible. Cause I was like, I don't know. It was, it was a very bittersweet season. I felt so close to God, but at the same time, I felt so abandoned, um, mm-hmm. by a lot. And, um, I, oh, yes, I remember how um, a friend of mine, an old friend of mine, came in and told me about this church that she started going to and that I would like it and that it was a husband and wife um, who lead the church. And I remember, like, because everything I've been told is women shouldn't be, you know, on stage um, from my past relationship. And so I was kind of very leery of it. And but when I went, um, it was my first time experiencing, like, you know, really feeling the Holy Spirit in prayer and then um, the prophetic as well. And it, it just um, was very, that was where uh, one of the big moments of several big moments throughout se- mm-hmm. several years that um, I really felt love catching up with me of, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to go into this church. I'm very scared to show my face in a church, but I'm going to go in there and, um, and the, even looking back those relationships and those people, you know, there's a lot of them are still a part of my life today and mm-hmm. um, I'm thankful for them. But yeah, yeah, I just, um, that moment, I just remember I was crying cause it's like, God really does know me. God really does. He really is with me. Even though mm-hmm. I knew that in my quiet time and in my heart, it was like, yeah. you know, seeing it physically manifest in the physical yeah. is so much confirmation. Yeah. Yeah. And through that process, which obviously sounds like it took place over a period of time, 
you 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 knew that you'd rediscovered that you were a daughter yeah yeah so i feel like that was a start of it and then i did the they had a ministry school there that i did um and it was like a school of the heart so Mm -hmm. that was really great for teaching me how to hear from God. And I don't know, I just remember that season of falling in love, going back to the woods, like I used to love as a child and, you know, taking my journal and just hearing from God and taking that time to be still before him and And um, finding the bugs again. Yeah. Finding bugs, which I actually enjoy doing now with my son. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, um, I don't know, just God's creation just speaks to me so much. And um, even just like, I mean, as you'll hear from one of my stories, just like the red bird or like little bugs or little yeah. feathers showing up when they need to. And yeah, um, but yeah. Yeah, great. And um, that kind of brought you home in your heart, this process, this this season. Yeah. And I think even though traveling for me might have been running away from like dealing with the past here, like some family stuff, um, I you know, God always met me where I went and mm-hmm. I did feel called. Like I know for certain I felt called by God to go to India and called to go to England yeah. um, and then called to live there. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, it was like almost like a relief of like, I don't have to be here. Yeah. And so, um, but during all those seasons at each time I can look back and find profound moments of where God almost, it was like an onion, you know, layer by layer healing yeah. another part. And I think it, it reminds me of like that whole in the Bible from glory to glory, like being revealed and the, the veil being slowly lifted and yeah. seeing Christ for all he is, but also seeing us for all that we are as his children. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this process, um, you know, working through the, the stuff of your heart. Um, I mean, I know that it's 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 something we do, but it's not always easy. It can be very yeah, painful. It can be definitely it, very painful because it's really going to those deep places, and that that's clearly your experience too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but through them, you've experienced the healing and wholeness. Yeah, it's like when if you were to get a horrible, you know, splinter or worse, like, I don't know, a huge thorn in your arm and you let it heal. Um, I feel, always feel like inner healing is going and removing that thorn and it's going to like, you know, rip the flesh a little bit of what he's mm-hmm. healed around it. And you've gotten infected. But then once you remove it, you can begin to really like put the salve on it that needs to heal it, put love sure. there and heal yeah. it properly. So is there anything you can say tell us about the heart struggles that you were going through um i feel like it like i said it's a like a a layer by layer thing because i still they still um flare up you know you get i get healed and i feel very healed and then i get married and oh it's a whole bunch of new ones that come up (laughs) you know get pressed that bring things to the surface of like especially I think when you deal with trauma in the past. Um, and I know I have, I think everybody has trauma to some degree, but when you, when you live with trauma, it, you know, you get married, there's going to be new stuff that surfaces and it's like, okay, what is this from? Let's find the root. Let's go to God, to Holy spirit, to reveal it and heal it. Um, but I don't think for me, healing has never been a one and done thing. I know God does heal like that, but for me, um, it's been a journey and, 
then when I became a mother, it was a whole nother <laughs> cycle and yeah. learning to heal and um, to ref like refine refinement. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's that's the story that most people would identify with. You know, the, the, the going deeper of, you know, allowing mm -hmm. our heart to constantly be changed by love. So yes. if if um, we'll come to your pictures in a minute, because I know we want to have a look at those. Um, if if there was a okay recognizing that the journey is not finished yet camille you know you're still in the, we're all in the, in that process you know <laughs> if if we had a before photograph and a now photograph what would you say is the biggest difference in your heart Um, I wish I had it with me, but I had, I actually found in this old, old box, um, a photo of me with a poem that I had written that I totally forgot about in high school. And I read the poem and I was like, wow, this is prophetic in itself. Like mm -hmm. it was called angels and demons. And it was just about like, you know, for me writing that poem, it was just about me feeling like, I don't know, just living in more, more darkness than anything. Mm -hmm. And, but I just remember the last line of the poem is the angel still inside, just very hard to find. Wow. And I felt like I read that and then I, with it was a picture of me. And I, I just had this like, I don't know, I was wearing like this hooded cloak and just trying to be goth kind of like that look. And I was just, I don't know, when you asked me that question, that's what just came to mind. Cause that's I just recently good. found that like two weeks yeah. ago. I and love I was, like, that so sentence. That would be definitely before yeah. picture. Um, yeah, it was quite a good poem, like, but I was, I think I wrote it when I was probably 16. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I like that. Line, the, angel like, is, the angel is still inside, but it's hard to find, you know, that, that says it all sometimes for us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so you, you went to Manchester to the School of Ministry, which is where we met. And you went mm -hmm. through the School of Ministry as a student, as a participant. And then you came back a few years later and were kind of part of the team. Is that right? Yeah, I came back as an intern, um, yeah. probably about, I think it was like almost a year later, not a full yeah. year, but um, yeah, almost a year later. Yeah. And I remember meeting you both times and the second time just noticing there was a change in your heart and thinking, wow, uh, this is amazing. And yeah. you know, I, I just want to encourage all of you guys that are watching this webcast, you know, the, the change Camille is talking about in her own heart, that, that can happen for all of us. You know, we've all got our own story, our own journey, and the Father takes us on our journey and brings us to a place of healing and wholeness. And, you know, if you're watching this, I just want to encourage you and give you hope. Uh, and I think you would want to do the same, wouldn't you, Camille? Give people hope that, yeah. you know, it might be difficult, it might be challenging, but if you hang on in there, it yeah. gets, gets better. Yeah, yeah, definitely and continue on the journey and, you know, yeah. don't get, um, you know, stuck or stagnant. Just keep yeah. flowing, keep moving. Excellent. Now, you are an incredibly creative person, mm. I think. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... I just want to tell folks a little story and then we'll get into seeing some of your pictures. But um, I was doing a um, father heart school in the UK in March this year. 
and one morning I was I was talking about forgiveness and we'd had a really good session and we were just having a coffee break and then we were going into a whole time of ministry and giving people time to process and forgive and you know let the Holy Spirit really work in them and bring them to that place of letting go and in the coffee break I looked at my Facebook page and Camille had posted this picture. Do you want to tell us what you wrote? Have you, 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 have you got it there? Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to tell us what you posted with this? Because it was just like, it just hit the nail for where we were at in the UK. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this was a sketch inspired by just some morning time with God, something I was really feeling him showing me and put on my heart. So I began to write down um and and draw this and i wrote when sketching this i feel i felt that god wants to pour out something new but there are rocks in our hearts that are hindering us from receiving these rocks sit upon us like a cage one that we think will protect us but in the end keeps us trapped from experiencing all of who we are meant to be forgiveness is the key that we hold in our hands to unlock this cage forgiveness does not mean that we have to have a relationship with the one that we've forgiven we can but we don't have to Forgiveness is often not a one and done thing. It's a daily practice. Forgiveness puts the power back in your hands to set yourself free, to establish healthy boundaries and to begin to heal and restore the wound that was left on your heart. Hmm. Forgiveness is not an easy thing, but it's for the bravest of the bravest of us who walk the narrow path for the world tells us to harden our hearts and hate the enemy. But God calls us higher to live from a place of love so much so that we are to love our enemy. Forgiveness is what loving the enemy looks like. It may not change them, but it changes everything for us. Wow. I mean, I put that picture up in, that, in the Father Heart School and I read that out. And Glenis, who's on the webcast this evening, she's just put a comment. I remember that time clearly. But it, it was just incredible because, you know, bearing in mind we've got a five hour time difference. You know, you put that up. You must have popped that up quite early in the morning. But I, I think yeah. you, you remember saying, to, I remember you saying to me that you'd actually felt you should delay putting it up. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember exactly, but sometimes I'll go to post something, but then I wait and post it later. Or um, usually I'll just post something right away if it's not a sketch like that. But if it's an encouragement, sometimes, I don't know, I just feel those little nudges, you know, of yeah. don't post this yet or post it later and you know that was that was just such a wonderful help for us you know in, in England that morning now you keep referring to this as a sketch to me that looks like mm -hmm. an amazing picture oh thanks it's like a sketchbook painting <laughs> so I just before we move on I've just got one more question before we move on to um talking about some of your, your paintings um you're, you're obviously very very creative uh, I think you are have you ever met anybody who is not creative? I have met people that say they're not creative or they say, wow, I wish I could do what you do. Um, I don't have a creative bone in my body, things like that. And I always want to encourage them like you do, like our heavenly father is the creator. And, mm -hmm. you know, just like a child, like they're his DNA is in our body, you know, we are created in his image, we are all made to create and it just looks different for everybody. Mm -hmm. So that's almost like if uh, 
Monet were to go look at uh, Picasso and be like, wow, I wish I could do what you do or vice versa. And they can't do what they do, but they each have their own creativity inside mm -hmm. of them to forth. you know, their own style. And sometimes people are, they just haven't found their style yet. And it might not be painting. It could be other forms like music or, you know, just uh, writing, poetry, things like that. So, um, or more like, you know, I, I like to design jewelry. Like that's I another way I like to be creative. And my husband likes to write music. So it's just like, okay. um, there's so many facets to creativity. And I, I really believe everybody is creative. Yeah. And how, I mean, would you say um, that as you've been on this journey with Father and as your heart has been healed, you've discovered more of that creativity in you? Definitely. For me, creativity connects me to God. So I, it's almost like I can hear from God when I journal or when I like be still or like reading. But when I paint, it's almost feels like almost like a portal opens and I can hear from him much more clearly. Sure. Maybe not in the beginning. The beginning sometimes feels like a chaotic mess. I'm almost getting my own emotions out of my spirit. And then it's like he comes in and starts speaking to me. Sure. Um, and sometimes my poems feel like that too. But um, so painting has always been therapy for me. Um, mm -hmm. Like just, you know, dealing with trauma in the past and things that have happened in life and different seasons that I've gone through. It's always been like my way to, or one of the ways, but one of my favorite ways to connect with God and hear sure. from him and just to be still. So you got any, any practical tips on for people who are struggling to find this creativity, whether it's cooking or music or flower arranging or say, photography, you know, have you yeah. got, you know? I would say um, go for it because I think if, I think if God put a desire in your heart or curiosity in your heart, especially for some something that's creative, he's put it there for a reason. And it's a calling that's in you trying to birth out of you. So um, I, I've taught, um, you know, prophetic art in the path of, or in the past of healing, hearing from God. And I did it with finger painting because okay. I do, I think like getting to the child likeness in us, we can, you know, receive from God e easier because we are, mm -hmm. you know, tapping into the child within, within us. Yeah. And when you finger paint, you let go of all that need to be perfect, you know? Mm -hmm. And so yes. um, it kind of like allows you that freedom to be a child, to be messy, to not worry about fitting inside the lines, but just to be free and see what comes forth. Yeah. Um, so that's one way that I think is a fun way to explore your creativity is finger painting. <laughs> yeah, I, I was hearing what you were saying don't worry about the mistakes and don't worry about the mess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's move on, look at some of your other pictures. And um, really, I'm just going to let you explain the picture, read the poem if there is one to go with it and just tell us, you know, OK, we've, yeah. we've got I think we've got about six or seven um, um, just to sort of have a look at. And here's the first one. Okay, so this one, this is an old one of mine, um, but she's very special to me. She's a watercolor painting, and she's called The Daughter. This one was painted um, right after my first season, I think in iDestiny, um, which is the ministry school that was in Manchester. And just like coming to that place of inner healing, um, 
but kind of like allowing myself to really open up to the wounds of the past. I remember mm-hmm. like just sitting there and painting her and almost seeing my self, myself reflected back in the painting. Mm-hmm. Um, Isaiah 61 was one of the main verses I was hearing, um, like a crown of beauty um, instead of ashes, uh, which is actually, is I find come up in a lot of my paintings. Um, yeah. And so the um, poem that I wrote to go with this is called The Daughter. It says, she awakens, covered in the ash of lies, burned through the fire, beaten down, but not destroyed, broken, but not beyond repair. Her heart cries, who am I? Observing, lost in deep reflection. Who she is, she does not know, but the fire from, but the burn from the fire lingers as thoughts of fear attack her mind, using painful, pa- painful memories of past mistakes to keep her cage in shame. She rises, choosing to believe again. When all is lost and left unknown, her cry screams from within. There must be more. In that moment, an echo heard upon the wind. There is more, so much more. This, my darling, is not the end. She turns, facing the unknown, unlocking the cage to a whole new beginning, ready to find herself again. She embraces the discovery set before her. Wow. That's beautiful. Thank you. And that's, that's your, you, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's you. Looking um, back and reading those, it's like, you know, you, it almost gives you like a broader picture, like seeing yeah. faith fulfilled almost. Yeah. I, I feel that that poem you just read, Camille, gives a lot of hope for people who are struggling, people with difficult season. It's like, there is a future you know I'm just reminded of that verse in Jeremiah you know I know the plans I have for you you know plans for your future plans to prosper you and I you know I I I just think um that's what you've described there for us yeah beautiful that's one of my favorite verses too it's the very first verse I ever heard like God speak to me through (laughs) wow wow beautiful picture so watercolor you um you your mainly oil paintings, is that right? Or, or, or do I'm you do mainly everything? acrylic. Yeah. Acrylic. No, yeah. mainly okay. acrylic. I do some oil and some watercolor, but mainly acrylic. I, yeah. I do prefer acrylic. <laughs> okay. I know we do have another artist watching this evening. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I will, I'll have to be careful with my acrylic, acrylics and my oils. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's go to um, the next one. Tell us about this one. So this one is called Open Doors, and um, this was painted in 2014, which was the year I felt God calling me to move to England, but I didn't know how I'd be moving to England. I'd already finished my destiny in 2013. I was in America for a very kind of a weird in-between season for a few months, Um, and every time I would worry about the future or about how I would get to England, because it's like I knew in my heart I was going to be living in England soon, um, I would see a redbird. And it would be every single day, and I really think it was every single day of 2014, I would see a red bird, like a cardinal, fly across. And one time it was even like at the beach. It's just like weird places. Um, so I was painting with my fingers. A lot of this was painted with my fingers and um, listening to music and painting. And the, so that's what the red bird symbolizes here. And then I painted the door in the distance, you know, to symbolize um, 
that trust of like God's going to open the door and make the way. And uh, like I said earlier, like looking back, like it's really cool to see like me paint this like in the mm-hmm. faith that I had, but then all the stories I have of how God provided and the, the invitation that came through our destiny. Um, and then the finances that came through different ways, like very, very miraculously cool ways <laughs> like that people just didn't even know. Like it was really cool um, just to see how God provided for me in that season. And um, I have a poem for that one, too. It's called The Beloved. And it's called, it says, Tired of the waiting, the longing in her heart, the promise of his call, the knowing of her future. Although she cannot see how, she knows he will take her there. Time arrives like the dawn, the hope of what will be, the beginning, the journey unfolding before her eyes. In the wind, he calls to her, his beloved, his bride-to-be, come away with me. Stepping into the unknown on a path undiscovered, she cannot see the way, but with her heart she knows where to go. As passion leads her to his call, her soul cries back for her creator, and her faith leads her on. Into the mist she loses everything, leaving it all behind. The truth speaks out to her from within as she follows the still small voice inside. Feeling the pain of loss, but never looking back, she makes her way closer to him. Desire is growing as she follows his call, the cry of her own heart leading her on, deeper into unknown places. His light guides her way, her faith growing even as the forest thickens. All seems lost. Still, she knows the way. Come away with me, my love, his voice leading her further still, through the way of open doors where she is consumed by the arms of love, discovering more of who she truly is, the beloved. Wow, thank you. Thanks for sharing that. And I just have a quick question. Did you see any red birds in Manchester? Um, Robins. (laughs) I started seeing robins. (laughs) But I really did go over there thinking I would see a red bird. (laughs) We don't have too many of them over here, as you probably discovered, but the robin was the closest. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, let's have a look at the next one. Thank you for that. That was beautiful. You're welcome. This one. So this one is called Deeper, um, and this one I believe was painted in 2018, which was a very tough year for me mentally. Um, I struggle with mental health issues on and off, and this this season I struggled a lot with depression, mostly depression and some anxiety. Um, and I, I went through a really dry season of painting um, that year, and I started this painting, and it was a woman looking up with her hands lifted up mm. and like a, a circle coming around like light in her heart but then I let it sit for like months and didn't return to it and when I did um I kind of went to it and this is what was brought forth and um the poem with this that I wrote was called deeper it says overwhelming thoughts bring my mind to surrender to the garden of my soul I return to find my maker waiting for me Beneath the tree of life, I rest in the light of the sun, abiding above, around, and within me. To go higher, we must go deeper. To find the narrow path, we must expand our view. And as creation sings your truth, like the birds, I too will trust only in you. Gently you knock on the door to the depths, but as I who stand holding the key, facing the fear of unlocking chambers I've hidden for far too long, afraid of releasing the darkest parts of me. But instead of your darkness being released from this place, I find your light comes rushing in. It breaks the dam of my own failed protection, releasing your river to flow once again. To go higher, we must go deeper. To find the narrow path, we must expand our view. 
and in opening my heart in its most vulnerable of places, still, I find every part of me existing in you. Wow. So, like I said, it was like uh, painting and writing is always my therapy of, I always mm -hmm. think of like David in his Psalms, like, yeah. you know, it's kind of seen in the beginning of Psalms, some turmoil, but it always kind of guides him back to truth yeah. where God meets him. I, I find this a very stunning picture, Camille. It's beautifully stunning. And, um, you know, I can just see so much in there of the promise and life coming, you know, life coming forth. You said it was a, a barren, difficult time, but, you know, you've got that tree growing up in the middle. It's a sign of, you know, new life coming. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, thank you. So um, my artist friend in the UK, Johanna, she sends, she says, hi. So there you go. <laughs> okay, this one is another picture I find very, very, very stunning. And I see so much in this. And I know this particular picture um, comes at a very significant time in your own journey. So mm -hmm. take us through this one. <laughs> So I, I first want to apologize if this offends everyone, anyone, because it has offended somebody in the past. And so I just want to apologize. I know there's like some hints of nudity in it. Um, but this was created in a time where I just had a lot of questions for God. Um, we had just gone through a big church split. And I think the world itself was going through a lot where you were seeing a lot of people post different things. Um, for me on social media, I, I was... I'd gone through this church split in the UK. And then I think I had, we had just moved back here. And I was really questioning God about a lot of things because I saw a lot of people questioning God. And so I was wrestling, just like almost wrestling with God, just, you know, bringing my questions to him and um, kind of feel like I was like really going into the depth of me of what do I believe? So I can like really know what I believe about God, about Jesus, about Holy Spirit. And um, Eden was born. Um, and I, before this season started, I have in my journal like um, a day where I drew a tree similar to this, but it had a lot of fruit on the ground. And so uh, just a few pieces of fruit left on the tree. And I felt like God said, a season of shaking is coming. And this shaking is going to remove the fruit that has either rotted or been bad on the tree. And it's going to fall, but the, what's going to be left is the good, the ripe fruit. Hmm. And so I knew, like seeing that tree, it always reminds me of that word and that promise because the shaking was a very hard, long, long season. I felt like that lasted for a few years, maybe like two or three years. Um, and so this poem is called Eden. And it's Connection intimacy, unity, what makes us humanity. But when connection is broken, our wholeness is fractured and something in the soul tries to fill the void, the missing the links that, that will make the missing links that will make us one again, one in ourselves, mind, body, and soul, one with this earth we were created from, one with our creator who restores us to it all. He who is searched for in books and scrolls and fully found when we seek within the great circle with no beginning and no end. We've been living in the illusion that there is an us and then when all of humanity has been designed to only ever abide in him. God of all creation, the infinite circle. It is the heart. It's in the heart. We find the journey. 
And in that connection, we begin our reconnection in following the sacred path of light and love and transformation, refining us back to our true design in a slow awakening of who we are, lifting the veil until we finally see that holiness has always been our true identity. And in this realization, we find ourselves fully abiding in union and love ever flowing from our eternal source, the great I am. This is Eden. And I always think of Eden as like the perfect image of what God made humans to be, mm. walking in that garden with him of complete union, no, nothing in between us and him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, when, you, when you sent me this, this picture, I, I looked and I thought, wow. I mean, I'd seen it on Facebook before, but you know, I, I saw the tree of life. I saw the lion of the, mm -hmm. the tribe of Judah. I saw the Holy Spirit and I saw us being in Christ mm -hmm. um, and surrounded by that beautiful rainbow coloring that you, you've done. Um, so, um, I, you know, you don't have to apologize for anything in that picture. <laughs> I've just noticed we've got another one of my artist friends on um, posting comments. You'll be able to see the comments later, um, Camille and Maybe you, you 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 can reply if you want to or whatever. But yeah, I, because I'm because I'm a man, um, I can't multitask. I'm focused on looking at the screen in front of me, and the comments is over here somewhere. And just every now and then, when you're when you're reading a poem, I have a look at the comments. But um, <laughs> anyway, let's let's go. To that that is a beautiful picture, uh, and thank you for sharing the story there. Oh, Here's so our welcome. next one. My my wife saw these pictures that you'd, you'd sent to us and she said, she, she's very observant, my wife, she said, she's always painting herself in red. And here we are again <laughs> with red. Yeah, and I didn't notice that until you told me that. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about this one. Okay, this one's very special to me. Um, and I feel like anyone that um, has given birth to a child can relate to this, um, you know, get, going through labor, it really does, um, completely change you and, um, you kind of have to, or you're reborn as a mother, but you, I don't know, it's like, you really do feel like you, you were somebody else before having a baby and somebody else after. Um, but, um, just to go on a little bit of story of my first pregnancy. So I, I was um, really believing, I, I trusted my body 100%. God made my body. I um, did everything I could to have a natural labor and um, I believed in the supernatural um, supernatural birth. I read that book and um, I believed, you know, no matter what my body knew what it was doing and I would have this baby. So I decided to have a home birth. I really wanted to give my birth to my baby at home. And during my seasons of pregnancy, it was really beautiful. You know, I, I had lots of um, promises from God that I felt um, like verses and such that I would like read over my baby or um, go for a walk and like listen to. And um, so fast forward to we passed the due date two weeks. And then when I did um, go into labor, it was a very long labor um, and it totaled to 37 hours. Um, I ended up having to go down to the hospital and um, I think around like maybe the 30 hour mark. And um, then my baby was actually like stuck behind my pubic bone and they had to vacuum extract him out. 
which took two turns. Um, it was very traumatic and, and it, it caused like a, a, um, a gash in his head, which healed fine and didn't cause harm to him. It was just very scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but he was born and, it, you know, the miracle happened and it was beautiful. Um, but it, the hardest part of it was afterwards because I had a very, very slow healing. My, um, bladder just completely stopped working for two weeks. So I had to go home with like a Foley and I couldn't, my pubic bone had been detached a little bit. So I couldn't stand and hold my baby. And as a new mom, you just want to be able to carry your baby Mm -hmm. and hold. Um, I couldn't stand up to even like very long to change the diaper those first two weeks. So my husband was a huge help. Um, and so was my family. And, um, but I have never felt that broken. I've, I've always been a very, uh, I, I love like the gym and fitness and walking and running. So like to be that broken in my body, but also like the surge of hormones going through me, um, and just crying over everything. I just, I felt like completely broken. And there's no time because I was always somebody that started my day with journaling with God. Mm-hmm. And during that season, you don't have the time to even sleep. <laughs> so I, Yeah, I think a lot um, of people will identify with that. <laughs> yes, I know. Absolutely. Mom can really identify with this. So um, it was a very, very hard season. Postpartum for me was very hard. Um, labor to me was, failure of labor was hard and the unexpected way that it, it ended was hard. But for me, it was those that, you know, a few months afterwards. So this painting was my first time returning to the canvas since having my child. And I really, at first didn't know what I was going to paint. I just went with colors. And then um, the bird came forth. And then after the bird, I went another day and painted the woman. And um, then I wrote this poem. And um, so this painting is called From Ashes. And the reason I wanted to share the story is because you'll I feel like this can relate to anyone going through a very tough transformational season, no matter if it's, you know, postpartum or something completely different, because we all go through seasons like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, one more thing I do want to say is it did make me wrestle with God a little bit in this season, too, because I'm like, why did this not happen the way I believed it to happen? Mm-hmm. So the poem is called From Ashes, and it says... All I am, all I've known myself to be, broken and shattered, stripped of my identity. Even even in you, O God, my faith is being tested, for the chaos of life has become so loud, I can no longer find the place inside where your still small voice is found. Clinging to what hope I have, every day feels like something more to overcome. My strength is fading, my light growing dim, for my whole world has been undone. Spirit, mind, and body, once so connected and whole, feel so foreign, so broken, shattered to the depths of my soul. Who am I, O God, when I cannot hear you any longer, when my cries and prayers go unanswered and all my world seems somber? Feeling defeated by my own transformation, like rubble left upon the ground, and the only seed of faith I have reminds me that I am already found. For you are with me in this place. Your wind blows upon the ashes where I lay, resurrecting the flame to life once again, held in this broken jar of clay. For I was never forsaken in the darkness. My unanswered prayers didn't go unheard. And as your love revives me to life once again, like the phoenix, I will rise a new and stronger bird. So yes, this painting is very special to me. (laughs) And thank you so much for sharing that intimate story, you know, of 
yes. the birth and the difficulties and challenges and and then what came out for you and I think for other people that's the same sense of hope as well that you know our prayers never go unanswered he always hears yeah. he always listens and you know I, I think a question a lot of people ask me is why is this happening and we sometimes never know the answer to that why but yeah. I try to encourage people to say okay yeah put the why to one side but just just be aware of his presence with you in the difficulty yeah 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 that's so and true yeah you found that there she is yeah. in red again yeah <laughs> here we go this one Oh, this Aslan. One, this you love this yeah. one, don't you? <laughs> a lot of people are like, why are you paying so many lions? I'm like, have you seen Chronicles of Narnia? <laughs> that's, a, that's kind of why. Um, no, that's what the lion means to me a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so this one was actually an art exhibit in downtown Somerville that where we had to paint with the main colors, blue, magenta, and yellow. Um, and so it was like a show where all the artists had to use those main colors. And... I don't like being put into a box, so I get kind of frustrated <laughs> when I have to do something a certain way. And I'm like, oh, it's hard. I remember I just got really frustrated with this piece. And but it ended up like everything started kind of blending together. And in that, God was speaking to me through it. And so this was birth forth um, along with the poem Blended. And mm -hmm. so both the poem and this um, painting were shown in the exhibit. And it says Blended. You are not like me, says yellow to blue, while cyan says to magenta, we are a different hue. Words can be harsh as man draws his line, seeing our differences as something to divide, when in reality each one of our lives was planned before time to coincide in such a time as this. And instead of division, what if we came together to combine and see the new colors we can make, as blue unites with magenta, giving birth to purple, or yellow fine greens while meshing into blue. And in each difference, we stay true to who we are and unite not to conform, but to transform in the power of love. For love is the brush in God's hand that blends us, unites us together as one, while still knowing our individuality, creating a masterpiece out of who we are, a light for the whole world to see. So come out of your hiding, break free from the lies and shine in your own unique hue. For God knew exactly what this world needed when he created you. So that's my painting and poem blended. That moves me to tears, Camille, because what's well, so true that mm -hmm. we are unique, we're individual, but love blends us together. Yeah. Ah, oh, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. Not only could people hear that but really receive it in their heart because that would bring so much change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really, really wish that too. Yeah, thank you. Okay, our final painting. This one is a one I've done recently called The Bridal Chamber. Um, so this was painted, both of those last ones were painted this year. And mm -hmm. uh, this one's really special. So this one does have a poem and I was going to share that but I also was reminded, uh, I felt like Holder reminded me of what this painting originally meant to me. And like, I went back to the writing um, of something I posted when I shared it um, in the very, very beginning. Um, <clears throat> and it was kind of like to myself as well mm -hmm. as speaking to everyone within the church um, in the body of Christ. 
And so um, in, in the start of the post, I'm going to read it, but it, it says, I hope you hear my heart of love behind this post, not one of any judgment, but just a deep sense of what I spiritually feel in the move of God that's happening right now in this time. And I want to start off with a metaphoric story to explain what this painting means to me. So imagine there is a woman, a bride-to-be, and it's her proposal day, but also the first time she fully gets to meet her groom. It's not her wedding day, it's the proposal day. She has seen him a few times before the wedding day, maybe in groups of friends and photos and hearing from the word of mouth and stories of how incredible this man is and what an amazing heart he has. So she finally agrees to a proposal from this man who desires her with all of his heart, a heart full of the purest love this world has ever known. And in a complete step of faith, she says yes. The day she says yes is the most glorious day of her life as she is overcome by a love she has never known. This love begins to heal her and restore parts of her that she didn't even realize were broken. She became free, free to love and to be loved, and she knew life would never be the same. But throughout this engagement, months and years and years have gone by, and the communication between this bride and the groom became less and less. She became busy, and instead of being consumed by her love for this man, she became sidetracked, still very much in love with her groom. But even with his eyes always fixed on her, she became distracted by the world around her. Their relationship, which was once wild and exciting, became a checklist of checking in, and reading love letters that he has written to her in the past. Even their spoken conversation became very one-sided as she would tell him what she wanted or ask for him what she needed from him, but also, but as he was softly speaking back to her, the conversation would end and she wouldn't quite catch the I love you he was whispering to her, trying to bring her focus back to him. Eventually, she would only check in with him once a week, usually when they were in a group setting which focused on him and wedding preparations. A wedding is being prepared for this bride, and we are the bride. I have learned in my own life not to let the misrepresentation of Christianity affect my walk with Jesus. I see people in this world seeking the spiritual so much right now, and I'm talking about everybody, not just Christians. And that's what they should be doing because it's in our DNA. Like the mother and father's DNA will always be in a child's, we are children of the spirit, the great I am, and he is embedded in us. We are seeking God in spirit because he lives in us, and yet our relationship with him can often become one-sided. Christianity, to the world's view, has become enclosed in a box of religion, when in reality it's the most spiritually freeing relationship with the living God that you can have. The God of love, true, pure, untainted love. The love the world is seeking to fill the void in our hearts, the place that only he can fill. Even fairy tales hold such prophetic wisdom in the fact that true love's kiss can break any curse and awaken the sleeping bride. And that's what our distraction has led us to be, a sleeping bride. Sleeping to the love that has been being sung over us. Sleeping. My alarm's going off. Wake up! (laughs) In the time that I'm (laughs) sleeping to the love that's being sung over us. Sleeping to the love we are to receive as living water to the gardens of our souls. Sleeping to the light, we are meant to shine in this world, light of true love. We are designed to live from the spirit, from the kingdom of heaven on earth. But God is one of patience, grace, and love. And he is not going to leave us because we stop talking to him or hearing the song he is singing over us. He is just waiting for the chance to kiss our sleeping lips to bring us back to life once more. 
So I speak to you at today, awaken. Your, your wedding day is approaching and it's time to get ready. Mm. And so I saw so the verse from Song of Songs, arise my beloved and come away with me, Not just to church or to read the Bible, but to the secret place of your heart where he dwells. And if you follow the call knocking upon the door of your heart, you will find it's not him asking to come in, but inviting you deeper within yourself to the place where he dwells as with you in spirit, the place that we find our union with him, the bridal chamber. And that's what this title means. Yeah. Wow. That's a beautiful, beautiful picture. Thank you so much. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, that one's quite a large but I really enjoyed creating it. <laughs> yeah, yes. Well, thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Oh, I forgot to read the poem. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Come on, <laughs> so that's called... the poem. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Destiny. <laughs> Destiny is unfolding around me. I hear its promise in the quiet place. I see the vision with eyes closed, drawing me deeper as I make the space. To venture the uncharted waters of my soul, I sail into its unknown. I plan my way with open hands so I can let go, but also receive. For on this journey of transformation, the flow of the spirit beckons me. Am I on land or am I in sea? I don't know. All I know is I'm right where I'm meant to be. Destiny, she's arriving. I smell her fragrance like a flower that has finally found its time, arriving at the moment she's been longing for, to break free and bloom, completely undefined. Destiny. Wow. I think the th you know the the thought I take out of that is all of us have a destiny. You know, and that you said it so well, you know, finding our place in his heart but him finding you know us knowing he's got a place in our heart. Yeah. You know, and sometimes we look you know we we want to get to the end of the journey, we want to get to the goal. But actually, the journey is a journey of relationship. Mm -hmm. And yeah. in, in the narrative before you read the poem, you talked about the bride just focusing on the business, the, the wedding preparations, losing sight of the relationship. And, you know, it's we, I guess we can all get caught up with the busyness of life and yeah, I mean... the, the, <laughs> the, the stuff of daily living. And we can we can lose sight of the relationship, the journey, um, walking with him, being, you know, being the bride, being the daughter. Um, it's been really wonderful having you with us today. Oh, thank you so much, Mark. It's been really great to be able to be with you and come on here and share my heart and my story. Yeah, we uh, just thank you for sharing your story because it's, you know, it's a very personal story and it's it's very deep obviously what's happened in in your life and you know i just thank you for your vulnerability thank you for your sharing and um just showing us some of your creativity um it's been wonderful there's a couple of comments you know mike hammond says never forsaken in the darkness is a quote from what you said Aww. never forsaken in the darkness an amazing truth there yeah. And he's also said, Camille, thank you for both the visual and poetic testimony that it, that, has, that has touched our hearts so deeply. That was reality. Bless you. Oh, 
Oh, thank you so very much. And I'm sure in the next few minutes, you know, as people finish watching, they'll be putting posts on Facebook and you'll probably find them on the Father to You Facebook page. You can have a look at them. Um, but thank you for being with us and thank you for sharing your heart with us. Oh, thank you so much. It's really been a pure joy. Thank you, thank Mark. You. And it's just so good to see you again. Absolutely, yes. Maybe next time I'm in Somerville, I'll, well, if I am in Somerville, I will come and see you. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, folks, thank you for joining us once again. Really appreciate you giving the time to be with us. It's been a feast today. It's been absolutely wonderful. Um, it's been a great blessing. Join us um, next week, same time, same place. It'll be the Barry and I um, back to our normal tricks, whatever that is. And uh, we look forward to seeing you then. Thank you. And bye for now. Bye.